This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. And there it is. Sutton United have the GM Vauxhall Conference. have put down first division Coventry City. Winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never one like this. But the whistle goes down. Delight for Sutton United. Sutton United, the National League, are through to the last 16 of the FA Cup. No longer English football's perennial non-league club. And he's won the 123-year crescendo reaches a new peak for Sutton United, who are promoted to the Football League for the first time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sucking United Talk Time on podcast. I think I've cracked it. I think we're live on YouTube, um, but we'll find out how long that lasts. Um, joining me today, uh, we have Neil and Will for the Sucking side of the panel. And we also have Jordan from Harrogate, who was with us before about a year ago, I think it was. Um, we were going to be talking about the Crawley match. We obviously won't be talking about that. Um, and we're going to look forward, obviously, to the Harrogate match. <clears throat> Don't forget... Um, anyone who wants to help with costs of the show can do one-off donations through the Buy Me A Coffee or Buy Me A Beer, I think you put it on the website, um, which is SuttonPodcast.com. Um, it is really appreciated. It really does help towards um, any of the costs that I get throughout the year. <clears throat> really glad you're here listening to us. Can't wait to share everyone's thoughts and opinions. Um, and we're going to start off firstly with um, Neil. Hello, Neil. How are Hi, you? I'm fine. Thanks, Mike. And have you been? I think it was the last time we spoke was the Colchester match, I think it was. Was it? I can't remember. I'm getting so old, I can't even remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> well, when I say I think it is, I did check. So, uh, <laughs> it is. Um, how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. Yeah, just getting frustrated by not being able to see any live football. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it could be worse. You could be a Crawley yeah. fan, but you remember yeah. that. Um, and also joining us, who bizarrely, and this wasn't planned, also was the last match was the same Colchester match. Um, hi, Will. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Mike. Very good. Good, good, good. And what have you been up to? Interviewing chairman, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a chat with Bruce. Um, Bruce is an absolute gentleman. He's like top of the pile. Um, got to like learn about uh, the inside of the club um, and, you know, started doing really well on the pitch. But it was just nice to know, like, finally get to grips with what was happening off it. Mm-hmm. You know, with finances and how many seats you need next season. So that was a very interesting chat. No, very good. And that's on the, the website to remind everyone. Uh, London Football Scene is the website. Perfect. 
Um, so yeah, good good chat with Bruce. He's always very good. Was he very sarky with you? Was he was he did he behave himself? He, he behaved himself. <laughs> lad, he was a good lad. <laughs> Give it a couple more times, we'll start getting sarky. Um, <laughs> and also joining us is Jordan. Hello, Jordan. Hi there, Mike. Uh, very well, thank you. Very well. Indeed. Good, good, good. So, um, one other little stat that came up this week is everyone on this call, their managers are the top two longest serving managers in the uh, EFL2, um, which is fine for you with Simon because he's been there for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Matt's only been there five minutes. <laughs> so, um, don't understand that. But um, yeah, between us, I think we've got about 14, 15 years worth of management. Um, which is, I think, probably more than everyone else in the division put together, the way they're going through from <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, we'll come on to the preview in a bit. Um, but firstly, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of Sutton things. So bear with us, Jordan. So this week, we've had a bit of news with Jimmy Dack being appointed the head of the academy. Um, Will, you probably won't know that name. Neil, do you remember Jimmy? Yeah, I do remember Jimmy from the old days. Yeah, and managed it. He yeah. not, not only played but managed us for a for a few weeks, didn't he? He did indeed. And he, well, someone did say you could pinpoint Sutton's success to and put it down to Jimmy because he turned down the full time job and we appointed Doswell. So <laughs> could, could could it be he he was the catalyst by not taking the job? I don't know, but. No, it's a really good appointment. Um, and it's really good for the academy, and hopefully, it will springboard into other things. And hope to nab him on one day when he's sort of got his feet under the table. Will you? You need to try as well. One of us. One of us will get him. Um, also, a bit of loan watch. Uh, what did you think of the the players gone out on loan with Kwame going to Dundee and Tope going to Torquay? Um, well, the Kwame move is interesting because I know. Um... Zach Robinson from Wimbledon was, was uh, I think he might be his replacement. Um, he was on good form and the fans loved him and they were very upset that he came back. Um, so Kwame going there, I guess if you look at his record, he's not like, it's, it's not the best on paper, but he does he does do what he's there to do. So it's, I think it's interesting because he isn't getting game time and he needs it, otherwise he won't have any confidence. And I think confidence is key for Tope's move as well. Um Unfortunately, we won't be getting top A time for the rest of this month, but we will do soon. Um, and I think he needs confidence to come back into the team because, you know, Keelian's doing really well. And I think he's slightly nudging him out of the way at the, bit, at the moment. Neil, what did you think of the, the move? Kwame, I, I wasn't surprised, though. I was surprised he went up to, uh, to Scotland. We must have some sort of connection with Dundee because that's the second Sutton player who's gone there because Rory Deacon went there before, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, um, and uh, Tope, I was disappointed to to see go because I do I do enjoy watching him, and uh, but you know he's lower down the pecking order. It implies to me that obviously that Liangol probably is fit and will play, so therefore he's the logical competition for for Donovan. Killian is the the, the logical player to come on and um, take. Uh, Omar's position so that's sort of the uh, the four main strikers sort of worked out it's just a question of whether Lee will suppl- you know supplant uh, Donovan or will be uh, you know a super sub you know yet to be seen what Matt's ideas are so you know but I think Tope you know I think it's only till the end of Feb isn't it the, the loan initially to the end of Feb um, I mean 
I, I think he needs it. Not not he's not doing great for us, um, but getting the ninety minutes, getting regular run in the team um, is different to just coming on for twenty minutes or ten minutes or whatever. Um, and I think the more he, he plays, the more game management and all the rest of it he'll 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 learn, uh, which is what obviously Matt was planning from the very start because if we think back to the summer when we signed it was like well we weren't really planning on signing him but we're going to send him out on loan then he came in and did really well it's like okay now we can't send him anywhere because <laughs> he's doing so well um but i i think it'll be good for him um getting definitely into the team that they're a struggling team at the moment and they're going to love him i think he obviously gives everything and loves the fans so it's initially to february and we see where we are maybe extended but i think you're right i think we've paid money for Lee, so he's going to obviously be there. And worst case scenario with Lee, it puts a little bit of a rocket up Donovan and makes him suddenly go up a level as well. So um, it's definitely a win-win for us there. But yeah, we look look to see what's going on. Matt's obviously been quite clear and open. Um, Kwame's not been any game time, so I think it's, it's picked as a pitched as a loan. But I think it's potentially that yeah. that's it. Um, and his, his contract's up at the end of the year, I would imagine, and um, we won't see Kwame again. Um, in a sudden shirt. Who knows? You never, you never ever know, but um, it's unlikely. Right, we're not going to labour on this point. The ladies had a cup competition today against um, an Arsenal Academy team and there was a slight golf in class and we haven't played for seven weeks. We had four or five new players, I believe, in the team and we lost 11-1. So we'll skip over that and we won't talk about that very much at all. <clears throat> and just very, very quickly, the statement on the fans' behaviour. Um, I know some people are kind of umming and ahhing, had a conversation with a couple of people saying, is it that we're not allowed to do this, that and the other? And it's, it's quite simply, the abusive stuff has to be nipped in the bud. Um, yes, there's a kind of what's banter, what's abuse, but everyone knows if you wouldn't say it to your uh, your nan, mum, wife or, or granddad, then it's probably not worth saying it and shouting it and directing it at people. Yes, by all means, chant things at opposition, but there's no point trying to wind them up and um, all the rest of it, and especially any kind of ist behaviour doesn't need to happen. So um, I think it's quite clear. I think they, they're making a good point of it, and Matt reiterated it in his uh, in his little um, pre-match interview. Um, did either of you have anything to add on that? Or um, I was going to say, I, I noticed what happened at the Gillingham game. Um, I, I know what happened. Um, with, it was regarding our physio. Um, mm-hmm. That was completely not on. And it's, it's something I feel like, I don't know about Gillingham fans, but I feel like they it's kind of something common with them. Hey, so uh, I, I've yeah, yeah. spoken to Matt from Jill's in the Blood, and he's actually the Her Game 2 advocate. Mm. And he was he was very cross <laughs> about what happened, so which, surprised me, which is why the, the statement surprised me, because I thought it was the Gillingham fans who had made the comments. But apparently there were some from ours as well. Not necessarily at that incident, but something else as well. Um, I don't think it's a massive thing. I don't think it's a, a sort of investigation that's going to happen. I just think it's one of those that we're going to say, no, no, there's the line. Let's let's be clear from the start. This isn't yeah, going to happen it's, here. Sutton as a football club are doing really well with, with her game too and all the other uh, charities and campaigns that are, that are being supported by the club. I think as fans, you know, you, you need to recognise what the club's doing. And you need to kind of, if you're going to turn up, you need to compliment and, and stick to the rules or stick to what the club's showing. Otherwise, you know, don't turn up if you're going to make someone feel comfortable. Um, and as for the Wimbledon thing, I don't know what was what happened with that, what was said. I, I tried to, I spoke to a couple of people, tried to find out. 
Um, but maybe I'll try and find out on Sunday, get to the bottom of it. But yeah, um, it is, I know, Neil, you were kind of saying, well, hang on, what constitutes abuse? And I know you looked up the regs saying, well, actually, it's these need looking at. Um, but I think everyone really knows what, what, what is or isn't acceptable in, in society. So, I, I, I do think the club need to be a bit more specific, though, and say 60th minute racist abuse directed at such and such coming from our supporters, coming from their supporters, coming from just mm. to be a bit more specific so that we know what's happening. You know, so if it's homophobic chanting or it was a one off homo, you know, homophobic um rant from a, a spectator or something like that because it's just too a bit too generalistic and i think it's much better to learn from spe specifics around the incidents or you know as i said you know some of the you know some of the re you know some of the references which you know some people may regard as banter but other people actually you know you know it's not accepted now because there are some morons who sort of come from the 70s and the 80s when it was acceptable then. It was wrong, but, you know, we're now looking at it with the benefit of hindsight. You know, better standards are expected from us as individuals and us as groups of individuals, you know, supporting a, you know, a football team. So I just think you education, you get a lot more from it if you can be a little bit more specific. But that's very much a personal opinion. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm guessing the, the reason why is if they said player A was subject to this, that and the other, it could then trigger a pile on going, oh, it obviously upset. No, 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 them. I don't mean so to, can... specifically a player, but it was abuse directed mm. at the players. It was abuse right. directed at right. club officials. It was abuse directed at yeah. a steward, say, you know, something like that. Do you see what I mean? That's what I mean by specifics. Yeah. I think... right. I, I get I get what you're saying though. I think it's got to be more like you've got to kind of pin it to something and make the fans realise that. Oh, because maybe if they were doing it and you know if they then read the statement and be like, oh well, I, I was doing that, or you, you someone might read the statement and be like, well, I don't know what they're talking about. That wasn't me, and they might just be oblivious or just naive. Yeah, I think there's there's certain words and phrases that we would use now that the meaning of them has changed over time. So people wouldn't necessarily know what it means. I think on the forum, um, I don't want to dig someone out, uh, but someone used the example of get up yeah. the fairy as, um, oh, well, that, 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 that kind of thing, is that allowed? And it's like, well, no, because that's clear homophobic abuse because it was people referred to as fairies if they were a gay. And then gays are very weak and they're not strong enough, so they're not men. Um, but that link has changed over the years. You wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily, you won't even know it will, because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate. So people tend, the, the wording can change over the years, and things get softened. I've been pulled up on a phrase that I've used, um, and was told the origination of the phrase, which I knew, but actually, it's like, oh, actually, that 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 phrase hasn't been used. For well, I've, I've, I've never, I've never thought about it like that. But as I guess, as you know, as I get older and people who take over at football clubs will get more prestigious roles at football clubs or within campaigns and charities, you know, the, the type of words you can use will change because, you know, people my age might be like, oh, well, we don't accept that word. We know you did, but it's not acceptable now. Yeah. Because someone in charge might be like, well, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. Whereas someone my age might be like, no, you can't use that. You can't use that. No, definitely. Although I think all three of us winced when you said you're getting older. <laughs> 
Let's keep on. Let's, let's move on. You know nothing, child. <laughs> um, right, we are we're done on all that. Um, haven't set the world to rights, but um, yeah, it's, it's just simply don't be a knob. Okay, just don't, I can't say it any any clearer than that. Don't be a knob. Um, I don't even think it's as, as clear. I said this to Sarah. I don't think it's as clear as making people well feel welcome. If someone feels welcome or not, that's that's kind of down to them. But making people feel unwelcome is 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 no. That that's where the line is. Um, if you come and it's perfectly neutral, I don't care. Um, have a good time or not, but um, I'm not going to roll out red carpet for everyone. But definitely, I'm not going to draw up a, a drawbridge and say no. You're not allowed in. This is our club. It's a community club. We, we have to respect everyone in the community. But on to yesterday. Two different scales, and Twitter was very divided yesterday all morning by the people in our club's camp where the ref called it off really early. And I think everyone was complaining that Crawley's only a few minutes down the road. It could have been left till much, much later. And the people in Jordan's camp where the ref decided to call it off almost last minute as the coaches were probably pulling up into the car park. Um I'll start with you, Jordan, because you had the, the trip. At what point did you know it was likely to be off? Because I, I think it was Grimsby, and they were saying the night before, on the Friday, this game. Yeah, so the, all the information has come out sort of after after the event. Um, with me running the uh, the away travel, I was trying to stay in the loop and, and find out what was happening. So our supporters coach was leaving at 11 o'clock, at which that was the time of the uh, the original inspection. Uh, the t- decision was made that we would all get to the ground in order to to set off as soon as we knew the outcome of that pitch inspection. Um, we weren't hopeful. Um, the, the thought was that all the ga- all the games around Grimsby, Lincoln, for example, that game had been called off. Um, pitch isn't great at Grimsby either, um, and, and being by the sea as well with the, uh, the with the wind chill, we just didn't didn't give it much hope. But then the announcement was made. About twenty-five past eleven, so we're wait. We're waiting on the coach, and the announcement was then made that there'll be a second inspection at one o'clock. Um, so we made the decision that if we left it until one, we'll be too late. So we may as well set off. Um, we arranged to visit a, a small town out, outside of Grimsby called Brig. So I don't know whether or not you've you've had the chance to to visit that ground, but certainly recommend that as a as a good place to stop. Um, some really nice pubs there. So. We got there just before one-ish, and then the news broke about twenty past one that the, that the game was off. Um, every, everybody who travelled to to the game, they knew the risk of potentially the game being called off, um, and it it didn't really come as any great surprise. We we stayed for a couple of hours in Brigham and, and headed back, and then uh, of course the the information has, has then come out suggesting that in the game should have been called off at 11 or, or even yesterday, uh, which is a little bit frustrating. But I know Harrogate Town, they've been um, very proactive. They've already come to me asking how much the coach was in order to to look to provide travel for the rearranged game, which which will be really good. So, um, yeah, the, the club will work with us and, and we'll make sure we're not, we're not at a loss. Yeah, I mean, that one, I sort of, obviously on Twitter, you, it's the DN35 podcast, guys. I think they said... They knew one of the groundsmen who said to the ref, it's never going to fall mm. out. And the ref said, oh, we'll, we'll see how it goes at one. And he pointed to the grandstand and said, unless you knock that down, the sun is not getting onto this pitch. Um, and then one o'clock came and the ref went, yeah, it still hasn't fallen out. I was like, what? 
yeah, we knew it wasn't going to fall out. <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I wonder sometimes, especially for lower level, is there a reason clubs don't call it off? Is there some kind of fine or did it, for them to wait for the referee? I, I don't know, but a lot of clubs um, way lower than us, where we played years back, um, they seem to have teams travelling, turning up and seeing a frozen pitch mm. and having to go again. And I'm like, well, why are they making them do that? I don't, I just don't yeah. get it. You know, it's not going to fall out. Well, I believe if if the the away team has travelled, uh, if it's uh, even if it's called off, um, then the home club needs to pay for the the travel of the club. Um, but there's not nothing to look after the the supporters, so it's up to our, our own clubs to do that. Uh, and yeah, the frustration is that we we haven't left Harrogate at the time of the the original call. If the game had been called off, then then we wouldn't have uh, sort of wasted the best part of five hours of the day travelling over to Grimsby. But when it, <laughs> they wasted it, uh, yeah, we we tried to make it as uh, enjoyable as we possibly could do under the circumstances. Um, but then, guys, we had the other side of it. We had the ref calling it really, really early. Um, and then a lot of criticism to the ref, uh, a lot of comments of the ref just isn't fancy it and all the rest of it. Um, there was some criticism labelled at the club for putting the covers on too late. Um, I don't think those people realised that the pitch had been waterlogged. So we needed the pitch to, to, for want of a better word, breathe and get rid of some of the moisture. But then we need to try and cover it um, as well. So with like a double whammy. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on the, the early decision? I, I do have some information. This isn't a trap, but I do have some information um, of what happened later. But well, what were your thoughts on the early call, call off? Oh, I'll go. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I, I, I guess some of the Crawley fans, I didn't see what they were actually saying, but I feel like they were upset more than they were. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, I don't understand. They've got one goalkeeper. Yeah. They've got a car crash at a club and they've just appointed a manager. They should be delighted this game was put off because well, it gives them a chance. This is the thing. I saw a thing about, I think it was their TikTok, uh, the admin put up a TikTok like they hadn't lost all season or something because they've had yeah. two opponents. Like, you know, they should be celebrating, but uh, hey-ho. I guess, you know, they maybe thought, oh, we can get something from this game. Who knows? But I did see the, the Chelsea-Liverpool game today, the women's game. Um, that that went ahead. That was just down the road at uh, the, the Kings Meadow Stadium. Um, you know, you you could see players falling over, players burning themselves on like the the ice, almost like carpet burn. Um, it, it's not safe to play on. So at the end of the day, if it's not safe, it's not safe. But then I guess um, it was kind of it wasn't going to be on. I think I, I kind of woke up and just saw the photos of the the pitch. And I just thought, well, there's no way that's on. So I, who knows? I I don't really know what to say to be honest. Overall, fair enough, Neil. You, you come from a distance away, so you must have been delighted with the... the no, but my criticism that I've posted is whoever did our Twitter feed didn't get it right. Because when they said the covers were coming off, they should have said there's going to be a pitch inspection at 11 o'clock. They didn't post there was going to be an 11 o'clock pitch inspection until about 5 to 11, by which time I'd already bought my tickets and left. So that's my criticism. Ah, okay. Whoever did the Twitter feed should have said covers are off, to be honest, it's frozen. We're going to have to wait till the ref gets here at 11. Don't, um, you know, don't travel. But yeah. like Jenny and the others who come from sort of West, you know, you're going to have to have started your journey often before 11 o'clock. So therefore, mm -hmm. the early call is a good thing if it's going to happen. But there also does need to be proper, accurate info the like, to give uh, the likelihood of the match going ahead or 
being subject to a pitch inspection, you know. So that was my criticism. Nobody's responded to that bit. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if they knew the ref wanted to inspect. I don't don't know the ins and outs. It might be that that they didn't know that was going to happen. However, despite everyone saying there's still four hours to kick off, the sun's moving, it's going to fall out. At about four o'clock, the bit that they were worried about was still rock solid, still frozen over. So the referee, as much as the stick he got, was right. Um, and it was really, really dodgy. And a couple of people that I was talking to said, that would have been just our luck. The ref got, oh, that'll be all right by kickoff. And then Dave goes on a little run down that right wing and just does his leg in and he, we've absolutely wrecked our season again. Um, so, yeah, frustrating to miss a game. Frustrating, obviously, for anyone like yourself traveling. Um but it actually was the right decision. The pitch couldn't be played on in that area. I know they had a little, um, little training session, different coned off bits of the pitch. Um, but yeah, in that particular area, it was, it was dangerous, rock solid. Um, but it does bring us on nicely that both of our clubs in recent years have had to rip up perfectly good 3G pitches. I know it was an away match, so it wouldn't have been quite the same, Jordan, but... Mm. Do the EFL have to look and go, this is this is mad. Why are clubs missing out on Saturdays with games called off when they could easily play play that game if they had an all-weather pitch? Um, because the ladies moved their game today to an all-weather pitch in Rygate because they kind of knew last week there was not going to get a chance to play on this one even if the men's game had gone ahead. Um, but Jordan, what, what's your thoughts on, on the, the 3G pitches and the magic 3G that injures players and mm-hmm. never lose on and all the rest of well, it? There's more to it as well than the fact that you, you're not going to get the first team games called off. I mean, one of the, the huge successes of having 3G at Harrogate was the community aspect and the fact that it wasn't just there for the first team to train on, to play on, but every night there was things going on on the pitch. And it gave us as a club income. Um, there's not a huge amount of money in, in League Two. There's clubs which are struggling, which again, if they have the 3G pitch and that additional income, it's going to it's gonna help there. Um, it just seems like they're sort of stuck in the ages a little bit with the thought, well, yeah, we, we only want grass pitches. We don't even want to consider um, going down the 3G route. And there is the argument that it gives the home team a little bit of advantage. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I did feel there was a slight advantage at playing at home because, of course, used to the pitch. But these are professional footballers who have probably played more time on 3G pitches than they do on a, a grass pitch with training and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope they change yeah. it. I mean, it's a bit too late for, late for us. Our pitches under about three feet of soil now it's uh the, and just put it straight on top of it so neil you were you you were shaking your head at the the advantage bit there so do you want to, do i'm not sure it? we ha- did have that advantage so much from the the pitch it only seemed to be advantage when the opposition lost if the opposition won they never seemed to come comment on the pitch you know so uh, you know so from that perspective i i any any uh, advantage was was psychological rather than than anything else, and I don't believe that uh, you know it really because it was a such a very nice surface, and teams who could play football could play football on it. I'm, I'm going to talk to Will, but I'm going to swing back to that point in a second. So, so Will, what are your thoughts on on the Magic 3G pitches? 
I think, uh, to be honest, I, I think at this level, as as Jordan was saying, it's there's there's more to it. You know, even, even Bruce said it the other day. He was like, "There's more. There's much more to it than just a football pitch. It's like a training pitch, income, community, all the main aspects that a club with not much income needs." And another point which I've I thought about recently is like there could be young players playing for your academy who could be the next best thing, like, but they won't be able to play on it because they've got to play at other places. They've got to try and house them. Not everyone could be under one roof, and for a small club, that is key. Um, that I think it could be a thing going forward because obviously, you know, now you've got to have a Tuesday game. Jordan, you've got to have a Tuesday game. It's, uh, you know, people might not be able to make it because of work. Then you've got to go through a refund process. It's just a, a, a longer process, which isn't needed. Cool. I have a couple of things on there. One, one as Will was just saying, there is the community aspect, um, ties in with what Jordan was saying with the, the kids training on it. To me, and I've said it um, for a good few years, uh, those kids training on the pitch will have a connection to the club because that's their club, that's their pitch, and they're then the supporters in 10, 20 years' time because that's their club. And um, the not necessarily the income. I know you guys have an income. I don't know that we had that much of an income from ours, but what we had is a saving because no one else needed to train elsewhere because they could train on that pitch. So you, you had a big saving that way. It's all, under, as you say, under one roof. Um, I remember David James coming to ours because um, a lot of people were criticising at the time about injuries and it's terrible for goalkeepers and David James was there with BT Sports I can't remember what match it was and he was sort of questioned and it was loaded to be oh isn't, aren't they terrible that a scourge of football and he was like well yeah a home pitch gives an advantage to every home team that's why everyone wants to play at home in the cup because you've got an advantage on your pitch of course that's why you want it and then they were saying about um the injuries and stuff and he was like there's absolutely no evidence of this it's 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 just as good as grass to play on if not better you've played world cup matches on it um it, it's madness and the other advantage it gives is your player knows if he kicks the ball it's gonna the ball's gonna run through and he can have more confidence that's why kenny davis did so well on those pitches because he could pass the ball around knowing the ball was going to travel correctly and not hit a bubble whereas a lot of the uh, national league we had the defenders and so on couldn't trust the ball to do that because their normal pitch wouldn't allow them to do that. That's why they played it in the sky mostly. Um, but yeah, I, I think the next vote comes around. There's going to be two clubs going, yeah, crack on with 3G pitches and it might change the sway of the vote because I think it was really close last time. Um, so I, I suspect our two clubs will be like, yeah, the one, I, I'll predict that within five years, 3G pitches will be allowed. But I think both Sutton and Harrogate could have justification for index-linked refund of the half a million quid it's cost us to put down pitches because <laughs> that's been a disadvantage to us because we've come into the league both of us without yeah. that money to spend on on other things so we're des we deserve that money back some stage i i suspect even bruce would deny, disagree there because bruce has said we knew the rules we knew what it was we knew we'd have to rip it up if we ever got promoted yeah, so but it'd be just our luck, but, won't it? Yeah, Bromley will get promoted the year it's allowed and they yeah. won't have to dig their pitch up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and then we can moan about the Harry advantage. will still be in the league. <laughs> this, is, this is the madness of this league, though. Every year you start going into it going, oh, God, this is going to be tough, it's going to be terrible. And then some clubs decide, you know what we need to do this year? We need to press the self-destruct button. Or in Corley's case, we need to keep pressing the self-destruct button and see what happens. See how bad we can mess this up. Um, so anyway, yes, 
all put the world to rights. I did promise you guys it'll be quick, but we will now move on to the Harrogate preview. Assuming the weather gets better, uh, we will meet on Saturday. Uh, how do we feel about the game? I mean, how's your season gone so far, Jordan? I didn't sound... I mean, if you... <laughs> If he'd asked me three months ago, I'd, I'd say, yeah, put, put your house on a certain win. But um, we've over the past month or so, I, I think we've been we've been playing a lot, lot better. We've had a a couple of bad results, Colchester at home, for example. But um, last week we came up against a, a physical Stevenage team who I thought looked pretty ordinary, um, and we saw that we saw their result yesterday against Leighton Orient, and um, we've made a couple of good signings in the uh, in the transfer window as well we brought in the experienced uh, Anthony O'Connor from um, from Morecambe which is a position is a center back we were really struggling in that position um, and I think sort of playing against uh, yourselves where you always seem to have big bigger players than us we probably have bigger players than, than most teams and that's where we struggled I know when we've been down to, to your place game down a few times last season and all the time you just edged it and it was because of that sort of physicality and and and, and the height and you just know how to play you you sort of um playing uh you've got your own way of playing football and you do it very well and it gets your results yeah, they are very big. <laughs> Aaron Pierre walked through the uh, the bar area yesterday. It was like Jesus Christ. Against four two centre midfielder. Yeah, he's not he's not even the biggest. I think what's quite funny is uh, Luke Gambin on the sidelines. Neil, he always looks really really short. And then when I looked it up, he's about maybe two or three centimeters shorter than me. But he looks tiny yeah. compared to all the other players. So what do you think? Um, is going to happen on Saturday. How do you see the match going? Ahead? Uh, well, but based on how we played last week, um, I think we've got a, a good chance. Uh, we we tend we tend to against against you guys have a better record at home than we have away. Um, a few new players also brought in um, a lad from uh, from Bradford, uh, Matty Folds, who uh, I know their fans were absolutely gutted that they let him go. A uh, left back. We did have a left back who's been recalled. We've we have had a, a lot of players on loan. I think we had about five at one point, and with them getting recalled, that's the I suppose it's the danger of of loans. So we've had to go out there and uh, and get replacements in. But I'm I'm pretty confident. No reason why why not to be after after how we've been playing. Neil, what do you think? Well, I'd be sort of a little bit less confident now than I would have been early in the season because certainly sort of the guys on the Not The Top 20 podcast seem to think that Harrogate are sort of improving because they abandoned trying not to let any goals in, which basically meant they were still letting them in and not scoring. And now I've reverted to the old Harrogate, which is if we let in two, we're going to score three, which means that you're going into games with a much more sort of positive attitude. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be uh, as straightforward because the last time we were up there on the last match of the season, it was comfortable and easy. I know there was there wasn't really anything on it for you, but there was for us. But uh, you know, we absolutely bossed that game. So uh, you know, like anything, I would hope we'd get a draw from it. We could sneak it, but then equally, you know, Harrogate could uh, put one over us and uh, sneak a narrow win. Vaguely remember having conversations with some Harrogate fans who were like, actually, we don't care. If you guys get a win and go up, great, lovely. <laughs> it's all more power for small clubs. Um, Will, what do you what do you reckon? I think, um, considering both both teams um, 
have had their games cancelled. Maybe it's a kind of there's a bit more aggression, a bit more want to to win now. Um, I, from a Sutton aspect, you know, you have got Stevenage afterwards, and they took Leighton Orient apart, which isn't good for any of us watching. Um, everyone's going to be scared of that game now. Um, so I think Sutton have got to kind of you know get some sort of rhythm again because um, now you know lost to Salford, had the game cancelled. Um, if, if we lose to Harrogate now, um, going into that game, it's going to be. It's going to be, I think the atmosphere will be a bit low because everyone's going to be like, okay, how many are they going to get against us? I don't. I actually think we're, we're playing Stevenage at a really good time because they, they've they got Swindon, I think, on Tuesday. So they could go top of the league. And then they've got their FA Cup match next Sunday and we're playing them after that. So I, I think that they're either going to have a hangover from the FA Cup where they got through, they're going to be concentrating on a replay or they're going to be just on that sort of downward, uh is the bubble bursting. So I, I think we are probably one of the worst teams they'd want to face. Um, because when we lost to Orient, it was a, mis- a, a couple of mistakes that we lost by. Other than that, we, we, we didn't do that bad. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Matt, it's difficult because Matt, every time you talk to him at the end of the game, he's always like, we just focus on the next game. Like, you're yeah. like, what's next? He's like, well, just focus on the next game. Yeah. It doesn't matter who we're playing. It, we have Harrogate, we have Stevenage. You could, you know, if you had an FA Cup tie against one of the big six, he'd be like, we'll just focus on the next game. Yeah. So he knows how to to beat every team. So who knows? It could be an, another Sutton win. Hopefully. Sorry, George. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we do come to, I didn't prepare you for this bit, Jordan, um, but the most important part for any away fan, um, there's no video, you'll be pleased to know, but. Um, most important part is you need to let us know what is your recommended pub for the Sutton fans to go to. It's time for Pub of the Week. It's a especially subject to that mine, of mine. I, I do like uh, do like a few pints, so... The uh, the away pub nearest the ground is probably the Empress. Um, so there's two, there's two pubs. There's the Empress and there's the Woodlands. Both very good. Um, both serve really good food. In town, you've got a, a host of places to go. So if they're coming up by um, by train, um, you've got Weatherspoons in, in the town centre, which you, you know what you're going to get there. Um, but uh, there's plen- plenty of options. But if you're heading from town, Towards the ground, then uh, then you can't really go wrong if you stop at the Empress. Perfect. Thank you very much. People will be delighted. Um, that basically brings it to a close. Uh, there is going to be a new feature which I'm working on next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be a podcast, Ultimate um, Sutton 11. I'll kind of explain a bit more as we go along, but there'll be chances for people to vote and challenge players and all sorts of things. So that, that, that should be fun if I can work out how to do it properly. Um, don't forget to follow us on any of the socials. It's Sutton Podcast, not Postcard, as I said last week. Um, subscribe to us on your preferred um, channel. I'm actually just in the process of updating all the interviews onto YouTube. It's going to be just the artwork and um, the sound, but apparently it should all be on YouTube. So I've got 114-odd episodes to convert onto there, which is just taking forever and ever and ever. Um, but thank you, guys. Thanks to the panel. Um, Will, Jordan, Neil been lovely to have your time. No matches to talk about, but hey, doesn't matter. Didn't stop us. Uh, next week, I'll be joined by Rory and Sarah. 
it was supposed to be Chalmers, but Chalmers didn't realise it was an away game somehow. Um, but never mind. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Do let me know what you think of the show on uh, any socials. That's something postcard. Pug, my God, I've done it again. I'm going to have to just take that name of Sutton Postcard on, on, on socials. Oh, right, Sutton Podcast, and it's Mike at SuttonPodcast.com. Um, I'm going now. <laughs> See you later. Thanks yes. a lot. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.